Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I'm Stephanie Fillion. And welcome to Unscripted. Today, we talk about the new Security Council presidency with Special Envoy Jose Singer Weisinger of the Dominican Republic as China passes the monthly torch. This is Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats and the reporters covering them. During the coronavirus pandemic, Unscripted is ramping up its coverage of the crisis by regularly updating our original story of March 15th, posted at the top of Passblue's homepage. Our reporters are covering how the UN community has been teleworking and how diplomacy has changed overnight since UN headquarters virtually shut down weeks ago. The Security Council, for starters, is now meeting by video conference. Passblue learned this week that many council members requested a meeting on the coronavirus. And since there's been no objection so far, it could finally happen. More about that later on the show. This week, we talked to Jose Singer Weisinger. He is not the permanent representative of the Dominican Republic to the UN, but a special envoy who was sent to New York City last year to sit on the Security Council during his country's two-year term, which ends on December 31st. Singer is a businessman and is paying for all his expenses in New York City. He says this is a gift to his country. And I must say, Stephanie, we've used the word unprecedented a lot over the last few weeks. But it's because there's been a lot of firsts recently with the UN moving to remote work because of the coronavirus pandemic. Another first happening this month, the president of the Security Council is not based in New York City. Mr. Singer left the Big Apple and is now leading the council from Santo Domingo, the capital of the Dominican Republic. As you know, the country shares a small island in the Caribbean with Haiti. He's not the only one who decided to work from his respective country. It's possible that other ambassadors who may eventually be repatriated from the United States could be leading the council from abroad. Singer did tell us that there is a strict lockdown in the Dominican Republic from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. So if you're out at that time, you can be thrown into jail. But at least if you're in the Dominican Republic, the sun is shining most days and the temperature is about 80 degrees. Who can blame him for going back? But I'm sure he doesn't have much time to spend in the sun. The council presidency is notoriously time-consuming, and even more so now with all the changes to how the council works in this crisis. The Dominican Republic had its first presidency in January 2019, their first month on the council, so the delegation was a bit overwhelmed. But this time around, the delegation was extremely prepared. They had an agenda ready in February when I visited the mission in New York City and met with his staff. They really wanted their last presidency of the two-year term to be professional and memorable. But with the outbreak disrupting the world and the council, they have had to adapt. So I think it's fair to say that they have a very Islander Caribbean vision for this month now that everything is changing on a daily basis. But we, I never thought that I wouldn't go back to run the council from New York or we, we were able to have meetings. So that's when uh, the whole thing started on uh, how are we going to manage the council under circumstances. And you know the story of one or two countries decided that they should be informed of the, if they're going to be run by VTC. 
So, you know, the Dominican presidency is going to be handled like a sailboat, you know, wherever the wind takes us. These are very challenging times for the whole world. And the important thing is to have, and the whole world knows that Security Council is engaged and it is completely transparent. And that's the motto of our presidency. And we want to leave a, a long paper trail since it's going to be informal. We're not able to convince a couple of members that should, they should be more formal. We're going to have it in a way that the history is there. And, you know, the Chinese presidency were able to make agreements for the voting purposes. And then we submitted a working methods, which uh, since I took the pragmatic approach, just with the most important thing to us, said the council is working. We didn't try to fight anybody, just with working methods that really would leave a trail that this happened in history in one way or another, are part of the UN. In case you're not familiar with the jargon, VTC means video teleconference meeting. So Singer is basically saying the council will meet over video for most of the month, as they did suddenly in the last half of March. And when he's talking about meeting formally, what we know now is that some virtual meetings will be live streamed and others will be closed, just as they were when the council was meeting in person. And some portions of an open meeting may be closed as well. So some of the council's proceedings will be available to the public. And transparency was an original priority of China's presidency in March. But transparency was thrown out the window when suddenly all meetings were held by VTC and not webcast. When some countries questioned why, China chalked it up to technical limitations, but a UN spokesperson said live streaming could be done. And some countries also felt that China didn't communicate well and was too passive in adapting the council's working methods when they were pretty much forbidden from meeting physically at headquarters. And some countries privately criticized Beijing for not taking the lead on the pressing issue of how the council could address the pandemic's threat to international peace and security. But in China's defense, it was a very challenging time to be presiding over the consul. Yet, as China has a reputation for not being an open country, including during the outbreak of the virus at home, it's debatable whether it used the crisis as an opportunity to not communicate well with other member states and the media. Also, Russia resisted holding meetings online at first, even though the UN Charter is flexible on this point. Chapter 5, Article 28 says, and I quote, The Security Council may hold meetings at such places other than the seat of the organization as, in its judgment, will best facilitate its work. When we asked him about it, Special Envoy Singer didn't really want to criticize China's way of working. But here's what he had to say about the political infighting in the Council over the past few weeks. At first, there was a lot of uncertainty on how to do things, you know? Yeah. We had to get it right. So you have to understand that it would have been the Dominican president probably had the same trouble to do the right in the sense of the, the things that came out. I think the experience of the Chinese presidency have helped us greatly to have uh, something more compact and know where we're going. You know, I don't want to judge him. I think I would have been in that position and probably I would have had the same uncertainties and all the other members would have the same uncertainties. How did they get it done? 
we finally, you know, voting is one of the most important things. And that got done under the Chinese presidency. And now the part of uh, engaging the Security Council and not uh, sitting uh, in the side that we know how we could work it out, we were able to do that, you know. And I think uh, our working methods were accepted and will give com complete transparency to the Council. We have to, in our presidency, as I told you, we had to accept the informality. We had a lot of uh, instances where this has been done in an informal way and been accepted and been part of the journal. We have to live with it. But it's not going to be part of the journal, and uh, but it will be part of the UN. We'll make sure that that we're going to make a really big effort, and and our working methods have been approved to be able to do it. So we have unanimity on this. Even though he's a businessman, Singer is being very diplomatic here. But he also said that this month, the Dominican Republic wanted to be more transparent about the council's work. And again, they have this sailboat analogy in mind. He told us he wants to show the world that the council is working and engaged during the coronavirus. Here's what he said. Well, we, we, we do have to thank China because they were able to solve the problem of the voting of resolutions. And uh, council members agreed on that. And today we, we are holding the first voting on four different topics. But we, we adapted to working methods like we're going to have a full schedule. The first week, obviously, we're going to have the uh, ambassadors BTC meeting where we ratify. There's not going to be a, an approved program for the whole month. There will be a program that uh, we're going to take day by day. And uh, everybody agreed with that. So it's, it's part of the way we want to run the presidency. We don't have a problem with that in other circumstances. Everybody will have thought about that. We want to be very, very practical. These are challenging times, I repeat. And there's no time for infighting. It's time to have the Security Council show its face to the world that's working on all the issues that it's involved. We'll be right back. Are you thinking of a career working for the United Nations or its agencies around the world? Is it your dream to serve in your country's foreign ministry, but you don't know where to start? The Center for United Nations Studies at the University of Buckingham in the United Kingdom is now offering a new one-year master's degree program in United Nations and Diplomatic Studies. Applications for fall 2020 and January 2021 are now open. Graduates will gain a firm grounding in diplomacy, international and regional organizations, causes of conflict, and strategies for conflict resolution. They'll also learn about global political communication and have access to mentors with first-hand experience in the UN system, such as Program Director Mark Seddon, a former speechwriter to UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon, and Lord Mark Malik brown a former UN Deputy Secretary General. The University of Buckingham is located in a historic English town, close to London, and is a popular choice for students from across the globe. To find out more about the program, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. Singer talks here about solving the voting problem. So we asked him to sort of explain to us what a Security Council video conference is like and how the council addressed the voting challenge. You see, it's harder to vote by video chat than by physically meeting in the Security Council chamber. So they had to find a solution for members to do that. Here's how Singer explained it to us. The president opens up and talks about the subject that's going to be discussed. 
and then gives the words to the briefers. And then after the briefers talk, then the, each ambassador reads a statement. And then when the ambassadors finish, the briefers, if they have any comment, and uh, if they have a comment, then with a two finger rule that we raised our hand, we're able to further discuss. And then once we, are, we go into the private mode, the, the closed VTC, which is consultations, it's pretty much, I mean, I'm sorry, the questions are asked to the briefers, only on closed uh, and VTC. So there are the questions are asked, and then they leave, and then we interact, anything that we want to say, any comment, and then we talk about the press elements, which now uh, very rightly so are being sent one or two days before, so we can expedite that. So that's more or less work. It works really pretty much, pretty much like a normal Security Council meeting, let me tell you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what about the voting? The voting is done by a letter. If you want me, I can read something on that. It's a public. So let me read it out, that part. Following a request from the council members presenting a draft resolution in blue, the president will circulate a letter to members of the Security Council announcing that the draft resolution, included as an annex, will be put to a vote and requested council members to provide their vote in writing within a non-extendable period of 24 hours. And the new method seems to be working. By the end of its presidency, China held a voting session on four resolutions on the same day, March 30th, and they were all adopted unanimously. They voted on the UN mission in Somalia, the UN-African Union joint mission in Darfur, on the safety and security of peacekeepers, and on North Korea and nonproliferation. And while China was finally able to adopt some substantive material at the beginning of March, before the pandemic hit New York City, the Dominican Republic is also pretty ambitious about its own program of work. A lot of the upcoming meetings will look at issues through the lens of the coronavirus pandemic, such as the situation in Mali and the Sahel. Here's what's included in April's agenda, but keep in mind it's all subject to change as the schedule will be adopted on a day-to-day -day basis. And even though the Dominican Republic is committed to holding open meeting by VTC, other big power countries could push back. On African issues, we're going to cover Mali. We had a envision a trip on on the uh, 3rd of April, but you know, because of COVID, it had to be canceled. Mm -hmm. We're going to have the subject of Western Sahara, the situation of the Great Lakes region, South Sudan, and then on the Middle East, we will cover the situation in Syria, all three political and humanitarian. For us, it's very important, the report of the Board of Inquiry on attacks to health facilities in the Italy province during the military escalation will certainly play an important role during the discussion of the humanitarian situation in Syria on this subject. Also on the use of chemical weapons in Syria, we expect to have the first report of the identification and investigation team of the OPCW on the work done thus far to identify the perpetrators of the use of chemical weapons in the Syrian Arab Republic. So that's very important also. The members of the council will discuss its finding during the consultations in, if the report is issued on the expected date, of course. 
We're also going to concentrate on the continuous dire situation in Yemen, and as usual, the debate on the Israeli and Palestine conflict. We'll also, this month, we'll deal with Kosovo and Colombia. And uh, you ask of our second presidency. For the second presidency, the Dominican Republic, we have envisioned two signature events. On Tuesday, April 21st, we will have a BTC on protecting civilians from conflict-induced hunger. It's a very important subject for the, our presidency. Our main objective with this event is to keep the issue alive in the council and to find ways to better implement Resolution 2417, adopted two years ago. The briefing will also coincide with the launch of the Global Report on Food Crisis, where it will be clear that conflict continues to be one of the major drivers of food security, hunger and famine. We have an excellent lineup of briefers through BTC that really honor us, like the FAO's Director General, WFP's Executive Director, and NRC Secretary General, John England. We hope to adopt a PRSD after this meeting. We're also gonna have on our agenda on April 27th, an open debate on youth, peace, and security. We will have as a briefer the Secretary General, and um, we have to find the best way to share best practices and lessons learned at the national and regional levels, as well to discuss recommendations and priorities on this subject. Those are our two signature issues in this month. One thing that Singer didn't mention that's in the works is a meeting on the coronavirus pandemic's effect on global peace and security. When a draft resolution was submitted in mid-March to the council on that topic, it died a quick death because some members contended it included matters unrelated to the council's mandate. Then a second draft resolution surfaced, but the U.S. was reportedly demanding to insert language on the origin of the coronavirus, Wuhan, China. That killed the debate again. Now, some council members are pushing for a meeting on the topic. The Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, may be asked to brief the council at a meeting on it. On March 23rd, Guterres asked for a global ceasefire to enable countries at war to focus on fighting the pandemic, with middling success so far. We don't know yet what the format of this council meeting will be, but when we talked to Singer about it, he said he was open to whatever council members wanted. As you know, if any country brings that up, I will have to bring it up, of course. Somebody has to, would have to bring it up. And it will, for, for the Dominican Republic, it would be a pleasure because it's such, it's the biggest pending problem right now that affects peace and security in the world. For the Dominican Republic, its last presidency on the council during this current term is especially important to the country. Because of the way the Security Council's rotating membership works, as part of the Latin American and Caribbean regional group, the Dominican Republic likely won't return to the council until 2050. So we asked Singer what his delegation has learned in the chamber and what they hope for next time. So I'm 68. Do you think I'll be here to be presider one more time? <laughs> but uh, you know somebody else will come and we will do it also a great job we're very proud of the job we have done 
and representing our country. For me, it's an incredible opportunity to serve. You know, since I've been from the business sector all the time, it's not usual that a businessman takes a, a, loop, a loop year or two and, and works for the for his country, and it's been an honor, really honor. And having a team like that is what makes a big honor, to tell you the truth. And what sort of institutional knowledge uh, do you want to leave for the next team taking over in 30 years? Well, you know, out of this, we have uh, excellent professionals who will be part of our ministry that will help eventually in other matters, our ministry. This has uh, strengthened the Dominican Republic Ministry of Foreign Relations greatly because we have a team now that can work in many, many subjects and items that we before we didn't, we weren't able to, you know. We have acquired such great knowledge on things that were important to the world and we'll be able to cooperate with other missions and other teams that come into the Security Council. Our mission is mainly set up of 80% of people that live in New York, so they will be able to help a lot in subjects in the General Assembly and so on and so. And I hope we this leaves a, a stronger voice for us in, as we pass the council and go back to the General Assembly. That's our show. Remember to follow our daily coverage of how the coronavirus pandemic has affected global diplomacy. This episode was produced by me, Casey Candela, and reported by Stephanie Filion for Pass Blue, an independent women-led media site covering the United Nations and global affairs. Dulcie Leimbach is our editor. AI Digital created our podcast logo, and our music is by Poddington Bear. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted. And PassBlue is covering the important news, from women's rights to human rights to the Trump effect on the UN. For day-to-day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to subscribe to our newsletter, go to PassBlue.com. PassBlue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, The New School, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit PassBlue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. If you like today's show, please rate us on iTunes and share with all your friends.